starting your own business, what I would say doesn't matter what industry you're in. Your one of your main jobs is proper marketing, right? It, it's be able to tell your story of, you know, for instance, if it's a chiropractor or a dentist or something like that, it's what makes you different from the dentist, even next door, maybe right or across the street. I always tell folks that if your patients or your clients can't find you or you can't find them and they don't understand why you're a good fit for them. This is the podcast where ambitious and busy healthcare leaders come for peak performance. May I ask you a question? Has your play always been full? Between the endless to-do lists needing to put out fires on a daily basis, how can you find time to scale your career, enjoy more quality of time with your family while doing the things you truly want to do and love to do? I'm your host, Sabrina Rombach, a cardiothoracic surgery PA with a background in neuroscience, psychology, and public health. I had been in your shoes, working 80 plus hours per week and taking calls every night. Can you relate? When you are high-functioning, you are being rewarded with more work. I had then been taking on the role of optimizing the operational system and workflow for my practice. After turning my life around, I created this podcast and invited healthcare experts to share how you can gain self-mastery, improve your team's productivity while you gain back 10 hours per week. Welcome to the Powerful and Passionate Healthcare Professionals Podcast. Hi guys, this is Sabrina Rombach, your host for the Powerful and Passionate Healthcare Professionals Podcast. And today we have Brian Lee with us. We met actually social networking, just like a lot of things in the past year is so difficult for us to do a lot of things in person. And then we choose to leverage social media as a platform for us to actually get to know each other. And just like many of you guys have subscribed and listening to our podcast every week, And we're all together with the bigger mission to how do we become that person who are able to have that double win, right? Living to who you want to be as a healthcare professional, whether you're working for a large hospital or have a private practice group, and also be able to enjoy the fruit of your labor by having more time and be able to enjoy everything that you have with your loved ones. So Brian's here was a very interesting story. And uh, he is a native of California. He started working in the nightclub and even planning as in the industry back when he was a wedding planner. And due to different family issues, he had to grow up to do different things. After he graduated college, he was recruited in a Fortune 500 company in the San Francisco Bay Area. And now he helps healthcare providers to build different exit plans. Now we know we went to school to become the best clinician, be able to practice medicine in different ways, but we never learned how to best handle our finances in a different way. And for those who created your own private practice, Who do you really need to be in your corner to create that synergy to keep going instead of just feeling that you have to learn the completely new ideas and things and even debate about whether you need to have an MBA before you even get started. So thank you, Brian, for being here. And please share with us more about your story, your journey. And of course, my little short blurb can outdo your justice. 
Yeah, thank you. Um, thanks for having me again. So kind of to piggyback off of what you mentioned, I'm born and raised in San Jose, California. I really started off working in the nightclub industry. I thought that was my passion in terms of managing artists and then a little bit of wedding planning and corporate event planning. But it wasn't until my dad really started his journey or losing journey with diabetes, right? He fought that for a very long time. And after his multiple amputations, right, his legs and fingers, it allowed me to really see what I was doing with my life. And I knew I needed to make a change. I was just missing out on just too much time with my dad. And I knew that wasn't going to be for much longer, right? So I decided that I needed to find a career shift. And ultimately, a family friend of ours who was one of the managing partners at a Fortune 100 company in San Francisco mentioned, hey, I think you'd actually be a really good advisor with your personality, how you think and what you do. And I never gave it any thought. I said, you know, young 20s, uh, probably have no business doing what you're doing, right? But it wasn't until I figured out what it is I would be doing and how I would be able to serve people. And that's what helped me kind of change my mind, figured out we had a really good advisor from the same company there for many, many years and walked my family through my dad's passing and, you know, other major milestones in our family's life. And I decided that maybe I should give it a shot. And that's where I kind of started my journey in terms of the finance world over 11 years ago. Yeah, something you said is so crucial that mentorship, we can always start with some kind of passion. And then, but if the passion is just something we like to do, we're good at, but no longer really serve us on how we're growing into the, our next phase of our life, then it's time to pivot. And for you, you found the way of, hey, there's something better. Someone who actually helped your dad when he was at that end of life um, stages to be more prepared for himself and for the rest of the family and something become more of a mission for you and which is awesome. So how did you feel like picking the healthcare professional are this special group of people that you really engage with and you like to help them with? So what led me to working with healthcare providers was, was really natural, right? Part of it was I started working with healthcare providers who own their own practice and I became really good friends with them. And one of the things that I realized was, hey, Alan, you're a great healthcare provider, but my goodness, your, your business skills and knowledge may be a little bit lacking, right? What did you ultimately learn in medical school? And it was really like, you know what? I probably got a semester's worth of, of business, right? Okay, like, did, you, did they teach you accounting, marketing, bookkeeping, right? How did you begin to help pick, like, how should I build my business, right? And when he said, oh, none of that sounds familiar, I was like, okay, let's take a step back before I can help you do any retirement planning or exit planning. These are the things that we should do and start with, right, as a foundational piece. And that's how it really got started. And from there, I created a series of workshops for, for doctors, right? It was once you leave medical school and you wanted to open up your own practice, what are these steps, right? There's always a different stages or a different process with definitely a beginning and a middle and an end, right? 
So that's how I got started was working with these folks in terms of this is how you build your practice. This is how you run it. And then ultimately at some point you and your business will part ways. And how do you do that as well? Right. So that's how it all got started. Yeah, which is crucial because when we got out, then it's, oh, do I want the security? Do I want that 401k, the healthcare insurance, all the package already? And then I don't even have to feel like I need to go out and find my patient, right? Because just because we have a degree doesn't mean people are just going to come to you. Uh, there's so much more things when me and Brian, before even the show started, we talked about how... You need to have the right lawyer to set up licensing. You need to have the people who have commercial real estate so they uh, you're not going to get cheated on the square footage for renting your space. There are going to be people who's going to do your marketing. You need to be able to have that specific language of specific help for those people, right? And then it's about even you have all that, even people walking to your door, that is about customer service, like how people are being greeted, what to say. And then what about the billing department? They're not late and you don't have to worry about, oh, I just spent all this hours seeing the patients. Now I have to worry about billing, right? And that's the only reason when we went to hospital side, if I don't wanted to deal with all that headache, then I would have just worked for the hospital, right? And nothing wrong with picking a awesome strong base of hospital network, right? Just like what Brian can do for you, I'm sure he'll add more is that when we are working for a large hospital system, we do have the little bit more flexibility to say, well, there's the only certain days I, I want to work. I have my PTOs and then I can take them. And therefore, what do I do with the retirement? How much do I invest? What kind of plan, right? All those things we never even thought of. So Brian, where do you feel like most people lay nowadays? Do you feel like they're more in the hospital side or do you see a more of a trend for people to creating their private practice? I've definitely seen a uptick or trend in folks that want to start their own practice. And I think it just goes back to the generation that I guess you and I might've grown up in. It's more people are aware of, yes, there's, you know, the school of thought of Western medicine, but it should be more holistic, right? And they want to begin to incorporate some of these other treatments or other things that are out there that's new, right? And being confined to a larger institution doesn't allow them to want to treat patients the way they see fit. And so definitely um, within our generation, more people want to become entrepreneurs and want to explore like, how do I combine both Western and maybe traditional or Eastern type medicines and, and be able to treat, treat our patients in a much more holistic manner, right? Each school of thought, so to speak, has their pros and their cons, right? And they each have their place. And so I've definitely seen more people who want to open up their own practice, but again, they just don't know where to start, right? They kind of just dive into it, not knowing what they don't know. Right. So let's just take the first group first. The new people who started, doesn't matter if you just finished your schooling or you've been working in a hospital and you realize that you don't want to deal with bureaucracy. So you want to pivot out. What do you feel like are some of the bigger mistakes people need have faced? And then what should be the things they truly need to pay attention to? The first thing to understand about, I guess, starting your own business is essentially the weighing the pros and cons, right? And then really understanding that with starting your own business, what I would say doesn't matter what industry you're in, 
your one of your main jobs is proper marketing, right? It, it's be able to tell your story of, you know, for instance, if it's a chiropractor or a dentist or something like that, it's what makes you different from the dentist, even next door, maybe right or across the street. I always tell folks that if your patients or your clients can't find you or you can't find them and they don't understand why you're a good fit for them, it really doesn't matter how good of a doctor you are, right? Because people won't be able to hear your story or learn about yourself. So I think one of the biggest things is understanding what makes me different or why did I choose this path of medicine, right? I recently met a doctor who, you know, went to medical school was going to be a doctor in, you know, a major hospital, but really found acupuncture along the way. And what caught my attention was, and his comment was that acupuncture is one of the most beautiful forms of medicine that I've learned throughout the years. And I was like, Dr. Chris, that needs to be on your webpage or right. That needs to be somewhere. I've never heard of a doctor and any area of practice mention their craft as something really beautiful. I was like, you need to be able to tell that story. People will connect with it. Right. Which is really crucial. So for people who listen to the show, of course, they probably know me. I focus on all on time savers and well increase your productivity. So if you think about running a practice, if you wanted to have more people come to you and you only focus on the things that truly create the biggest generator, right? And when you're not so good about branding and language, then at least you can talk to someone like a branding specialist to get some of these words out of you because through communication, through brainstorming, and you can have someone like Dr. Chris well, it's one of the most beautiful form of medicine. At least you have that sentence out to make you special, right? And you can add on to different components and then you can elaborate why is that so beautiful. And then it intrigues people to go to you instead of someone next door because in the service industry, doesn't really matter if it's medicine or car services, right? Mechanics or human. We still have to be unique in certain ways. I also tell everyone, well, I understand social media is crazy sometimes, right? Like it's too chaotic, but you have to be Google searchable. If people put your name into Google and if they put your practice name into Google, what really will show up, right? Like how do you really present yourself just at the first page on there? It matters and not just your NPI pop-up. How is that going to tell me anything at all <laughs> just because you have a, a specialty? So yeah, that's so true. Branding, right? It's all about messaging. It's on how our patients going to view us and look at us and not just feeling like, oh, I'm just showing off all my titles. So what do you think is the another thing that people really need to pay attention to? I guess as you were um, kind of reiterating that, one of the most important things to think about, especially for practitioners and they should be able to understand that we want to hire professionals to do their job, right? For instance, I kind of heard an analogy the other day. You wouldn't go to a heart surgeon to do your brain surgery, right? There are specialists that focus on different areas. Same thing with business, right? When you open up your own practice, it may seem like you're all by yourself, but again, you can easily build this team to surround yourself with, right? 
And so the analogy I often use just because we're here in the Bay Area in Silicon Valley is imagine yourself and your new practice like Apple or Google. You need the same exact executive team or officers that they have. You have the same needs and wants and desires that they do, but maybe you can't hire someone internally just yet, but all of these people are available to you in your local community to help get you there, right? The attorneys, the marketing people, your bookkeepers, all of these folks are out there. You can't be an expert in those areas, but you need to be educated enough to understand what you're being presented with and find and build those relationships with like, okay, I like this CPA. I can see my practice growing with them and build and keep those relationships, right? And understand that you need to find someone that's going going to be able to grow with you and your practice for a long-term, right? And find someone that's really good at what they do too. Right, it's all about building that solid foundation of team and stop saying, oh, I just started, I don't have the money. I just started, I don't have the time. I just started, I don't have the resources. Everything is around us. If we constantly say, I don't have enough, then you're already putting yourself in the lower negativity side of us, right? I, I'm training in positive psychology. We always say that if you are putting more negativity into your life, into your brain, it takes at least three positive ones to replace it. So if you keep bombarding yourself with the negative ones, how are you gonna build anything positive in your life? Especially in the beginning when we have the most motivation to do and you don't want it to be so overwhelmed before you even get started, right? And some people will say, oh, you know, it's just normal the first three months, six months, you're not gonna make any revenue, but why do you have to do that? Why not already be in a better spot with the people who can support you so you're not in the negativity both with your time, energy, and your revenue off the bat. You're already so prepared, especially like Brian, right? Like before you start, you probably should be talking to Brian to set up some kind of financial planning in a way of how much you have saved to even invest into a practice. And then what's the long-term goal as you move forward? Right. And then once you have this great team that's already moving forward, then you can consider what do you have to do for that retirement, for the kids plan, right? For additional things for your personal need and your travel. And that's how ultimately we can become more heightened with our performance and productivity. It's not about you doing everything. Seriously, if you are the busiest person in your practice, something's wrong. Like there, there should be so many things that should have been eliminated, create an automated system, delegate to the right people that you don't have the resource and the time and the skill for. And then you have to tell yourself, can I allow myself just to live in the area that I most enjoy, whether just being a leader or just practice medicine or go out speaking with the communities to encourage them to focus on this specific medical practice you have as like, healthy dental or rheumatoid or Brian said a heart surgeon wouldn't say hey come to me for brain surgery right we're like no no we will refer everybody else to for that right especially even your subspecialty you can see people who are in vascular you can see people who are in xyz but we still wanted to consult other subspecialty just to cover us right to make sure we get a best 
patient care. And that's the same thing when you think about other area of your business that you need to help with. So find the right people. Awesome, Brian. So what else is there? So besides us, now that we're creating team and what other areas we can consider to make us more financially stable? It's really understanding what it takes to open a practice, right? Meaning how much is it going to cost me? But where is this funding going to ultimately come from, right? So for instance, if it's a dental practice, there are specific banks that will lend to folks like that. But for like the chiropractors and the acupuncturists that I work with, they're not going to get approved for a loan necessarily, right? It's very hard for some practices to get a loan. So they need need to understand, am I saving to build this up? Or if I'm buying a practice, how do I know this practice is worth X, Y, Z, right? How do we know that? So it's really being able to connect with professionals who buy and sell medical practices, right? and getting them to do a full evaluation. One example that I run into quite often is, for instance, um, one of the chiropractic colleges where I introduced this system to, a lot of these graduating seniors are presenting contracts to some of the business teachers there and saying, hey, is this a good contract? Is this a good price? And those teachers have no idea, right? They don't know what it's worth. They don't know if it's going to be a good investment or not. So they need to be able to seek out other professionals who are, again, industry professionals are in the world of buying and selling businesses in that sense. So again, it's understanding if I'm going to start a practice, where will I do it? But ultimately, how much is this going to cost me? And where am I going to get this money from? Right. So it's pretty important just because you already have huge student loans probably, right? So balancing out student loans, plus another hefty loan to start a practice is definitely something to consider. Right. So would you recommend like kind of thinking outside the box, would you recommend finding a practice that's existing and bringing it on as a partner versus someone who's ready to exit and buying off a practice that's already established? So a couple of things to think about when maybe considering buying into a practice or buying an existing practice is that understand their brand. And this can be stretched across various industries too. It's if that doctor is the brand, right? If it's Dr. Runbeck XYZ, then that doctor is the brand. Those patients may not come with it, right? But for instance, going back to the chiropractors, um, example. It's let's say they want to buy into a franchise called The Joint, right? The Joint is the brand. So there's no particular doctor tied to it. So whoever is used to going to The Joint may still continue going there, right? So it's also understanding how the practice has been built and how it's set up and really figuring out like how many of these patients or clients or customers will be coming with this practice. And then again, getting a proper business valuation to be sure, is this a good amount for me to buy this practice or buy into it with? Yeah, exactly. And um, I believe it's all about branding because the branding is the message that connects our patients to go to you instead of someone that could be within the five miles, right? And then some people we know 
We buy anything because we buy brand. People love Apple. People love Samsung, and they stick to the type of phone that they have, right? I am totally a Samsung person, so even when I change, I'm sticking with my Note. And I understand everybody else could be loving your iPhone, but that's okay, right? You so default into certain operation system, and and that is who you are. And even just like small things like toothpaste, if you. Just like certain toothpaste taste, why would you change it, right? And even you change it, and you're like, I guess it's okay, but you're not obligated to keep it, right? And just like when we're traveling, we might adapt into the environment and what's okay, but we're still feeling like home is home, right? And that means like the certain brands that we're used to is the people that we're gonna go with, and that also brand means the relationship. How do you show up? For people, right, and that is so crucial on、uh, being able to attract the right people to you. Not only people you work with, people are the accountants, the lawyers, the financial planners, but the customer service front desk and your billing people, right, and they're so crucial. But also your patients. Do you really want to work with someone that are just? Bringing you down, who's complaining all the time, right? Like the positive energy that you bring to your patient is the same thing. Everything is reciprocal. How you you wanted to deal with certain people is very crucial, right? So definitely, marketing branding is a big thing. And then, what's the business evaluated at? Right? I was at just at a think tank, a big entrepreneur meeting, and they were saying when you sell, it should be at least five times. Of、uh, your current revenue, and then definitely there's so many、uh, hire the right people to evaluate your business and be able to have the right number so you, you feel good about it, right? And it's not just like what is that? Is that okay? Like if we don't know, we don't know. And so it's nice to be at a place that you have the power、um, to make that best decision. Anything else that you would consider? So, if we are established, at least you get going, right? Like a year or two into the business, it seems like people things are moving forward. What else do we have to consider? Other things to consider. It's、uh, I think I've definitely again seen that upward tick or trend where other doctors or are more cognizant of if we want to treat our patients holistically and collectively that. Even though we own our own practice and we have our specific area of focus, that we should reach out to other doctors who do other things, right? And again, building this comprehensive team. And what I've seen, in at least in the last four or five years, are these more holistic type practices where they have the chiropractors, the acupuncturists, right, the gerontologist or the nutritionist, all within one office. Right, and those folks tend to do a lot better than the folks that are maybe just on their own, and maybe you know sprinkle in here or there a couple of referrals this way or that way. But again, it's that holistic feel of I want to be able to go to one team of doctors and kind of get everything all done. You know, hopefully, um, it helps eliminate certain biases and it helps make patients feel more comfortable. Like, okay, I got this collective team. They're all working towards the same thing, and they're not combating one another, so to speak. Yeah, so true. How can I just do one-stop shop? And that individual nutritionist, as you're saying, or a chiropractor, physical therapist. Then you add on even primary care provider, right?、Uh, or even anti-aging. 
each individual person is a brand in itself. So you can actually cross refer a lot of needs when you see these patients. So it has become more comprehensive and you're really helping each other to collectively send out the good messages and attract the right people to you. Definitely a such crucial thing. And lastly, before we wrap up, since you do retirement planning, what do you consider is the best stage we start thinking about safety and retire planning? Do you think it's like right off the bat, we should really have a good foundation? Or is there that, oh, okay, now I invested a lot of my money to build up practices and then I can start thinking about it? I would say is just like anything else, even like maintaining good health, it's as early as possible. Maybe you just graduated, right? And you're maybe not even making any money yet, but it's something to think about because at some point you will leave the hospital or you will sell your practice. So just like with everything else in life, with retirement planning, it's taking baby steps, right? It's traditionally some folks have dumped all of their resources into building a practice. And then in their 40s and 50s, like, oh, okay, maybe I should think about something now, right? Now they're trying to play catch up versus someone who just graduated, taking little steps, you know, a little bit of here, a little bit there. And then as you begin to make more money, maybe you can do more, right? Invest in more in your business, invest more in yourself. But definitely whatever you do or whatever path you choose to do and whatever tool you implement, every single year, revisit with your advisors, right? Revisit with your team of professionals so that you can constantly make these changes. Retirement planning, financial planning in general is very organic and should be seen that way, right? As your life changes, as your practice grows and these different directions um, move in different manners, you have to be able to make those changes as well. So just be adaptable. Right, be flexible, be adaptable. The earlier we do something, then it's more prepared. And just like when people ask me, Sabrina, when's the best time to hire a system for myself? I'm like, yesterday? Like, I'm sure there's plenty of things that you don't like to do and it's in your dreadful zone, distraction zone. It's not in your desire zone. And it's okay to say, I only honor myself for the things that's in my desire zone. And it's okay that everything in your desire zone is not the same as the other provider in your practice. It's not the same as your significant other. It's not the same as your best friend because you're so unique and it's fine to just be you. And we all know it's hard to be an expert in everything. And that's why we continuously to be more self-aware and self-determined theory in psychology tells us the more you know yourself, you honor that, then you become more persistent, resilient and perform higher level. So I asked our speakers to do a holistic life assessment to figure out what can you leverage on and what are some potential hidden roadblocks that you haven't seen much. So Brian, what did you thought about when you saw your life will? I think when I was presented that, I just maybe like most of the folks that you do work with, it's, oh, okay, I kind of knew, right? What I needed to work on, what my strengths were. But I think it's being presented with, a chart or things in writing, you're able to see like, okay, right. I, I kind of knew it, but now this kind of confirms it. So it definitely did help. I'm more aware now of all the things that maybe I should be working on when I thought like, man, you know, maybe I should, maybe I shouldn't, but it definitely helps kind of put things into a better perspective for sure. 
Awesome. I so appreciate you being honest and being able to be so authentically share with our audience as well. I'm sure a lot of people wanted to talk to you both either they are in the hospital side, wanted to think about how do I become more financially stable and secure versus people who are about to open the practice or already started, how can then best have a fo- solid foundation to keep moving forward and scale up? So how can people find you? Reach out to me on LinkedIn or, you know, I'm sure um, my phone number or email would be attached to the episode. So yeah, anyway, you can find me. I'm definitely open for conversations and just sharing stories or resources or whatever it might be. Right. At the end of the day, you know, we are all probably a few people away from the person that you need to reach out to. So reach out to Brian if you want to chat with him. He's so easy to get connected with. And uh, if you guys have any comments, um, please leave a review on iTunes for us. Let us know how else we can support you, help you. Check out all the links and contact information in the show notes. And thank you guys for being here. Until next week. Bye, guys. You could be doing anything and listening to anyone, but you choose to be here. I thank you for choosing to invest in yourself. You should also give yourself a pat on the back. Asar, you're hearing my voice because you might be worrying about your receptionist might be taking yet another sick day and don't know how to replace her in the last minute. The other clinicians and therapists in your practice aren't pulling the same weight as they did before. Or you might feel like you're doing so much groundwork in your clinic, you cannot be the practice owner who are leading and scaling others you're working way below your full potential. If you're just like me, who want to get to the point, find out the root of the issues and have a personalized game plan, then I invite you to book a complimentary diagnostic consultation call with me. This is especially beneficial if you have an established practice and have been running it for at least a couple of years. You're looking to expand beyond your routine day-in and day-out clinical work and feeling you are being stretched thin. Let's talk about some barriers that you currently have, what you might need to pivot to, and tap into my network of peak-performing healthcare leaders who might become your collaborative partners. To be honest, I might not be the right person for you, or this might not be the right time for you to work on your self-mastery. However, After spending 30 minutes with me, you can walk away with some clarity on what to do next. She really gets the conversation. She understands. She's an incredible listener. We were talking about worthiness, and she really understands the concept of it, how it affects people in their businesses, in their clinics, in in their daily life, in their relationships. So I just want to encourage you to jump on board and start listening to this woman because she has so much insight and wisdom that you don't want to miss out. Take an opportunity to meet with and talk with Sabrina. She's just a wealth of information and powerful results. And it, it for myself, just to be able to reflect and see what she's created by her forms and processes is amazing. I can't uh, emphasize enough, it's time well spent and uh, money well invested. And so take the time, invest in yourself. My experience is really, really unique. Everything I've learned and she's taught has been applied at different 
levels and portions of my life and I feel like I can continue to um, grow and develop these skills in the future. So I was able to do the one-on-ones as well as the group sessions with Sabrina and both had some really impactful things to teach me. There were a lot of things in there. I look at the chart of the desire zone because I was taking on too many things. I was doing too many things outside of my desire zone and that allowed me to hone things back in to the direction where they should be. What were some other things that we, our first call that we ever had, there was a quote that you made, you gave me from the Dalai Lama. And these are simple things, I did, but it was about gratitude. And it hit me at that time because I'd forgotten to be grateful about what has been built. You know, everybody around me that sees what we're doing or you know, sees what I'm doing here, my peers and colleagues, they're very grateful for what I've been doing. They're like, oh, this is great. You know, we'd love to be in the position that I'm in and I forget that, but I forgot it. Don't you agree? If you don't allow a pair of unbiased eyes to take a look, you will never know what you don't know. This is the time to gain back control and be a peak performing healthcare leader again.